Football Made Simple. Become great at your craft by finding ways to make it simple for those around you. This is the Coaching 101 Podcast, hosted by Findaway Productions. With your co-host, Daniel Chamberlain and Kenny Simpson. What's up, coaches? This is the Coaching 101 Podcast. I'm Daniel Chamberlain. I'm here with Kenny Simpson. Coach, I have to ask you every week, how's Northeast Arkansas? It's it's our intro at this point. So season two, getting started, ask the same yeah. questions. Yeah, well, right now we we won our game, so it's a lot better. You know, it's whether it's hot or cold, it always feels different when you win. You know, as I've gotten older, I try not to get too high or too low, but uh, that's the nature of the beast. So since we were able to beat a team we've not beaten in a while, you, know, you feel pretty good. Uh, I think our kids feel pretty good. No real big injuries, so uh, that's always you know, knock on wood. What every coach wants is if you can get a win, nobody gets hurt, you know, then you can kind of progress on to the season. Hopefully other guys are – I know everybody's probably right now a couple weeks into their season. Hopefully everybody's still got a lot of hope going on. Um, reality can hit hard, unfortunately. Some years I've been around where about two weeks in, you kind of know, man, this, this is going to be kind of a tough one. Uh, but for us right now, we, we're still feeling pretty good, and hopefully things will keep moving that direction. Yeah, you know, we didn't fare so well in week one. Um, I'm, I'm still not a, a, a – I'm not a real coach on the varsity staff. I'm volunteer side. Um, we, we're dealing with freshman ball. We've not played our first game. We have uh, Monday and Tuesday games for freshman ball. So next week I'll have a little more report on what things I've actually got control over have done. Unfortunately, our varsity team opened up 0-1. We did play the number one team in the state in the Bixby Spartans, and they are they're legit every year. Um, Lauren Montgomery, I believe, is the, the head coach there, and he has got them rocking and rolling. Not to say we couldn't have done better. I mean, we absolutely had a chance to knock them off. It, it, it seemed like there were some issues there with with the kids. Just, it was a, a very big environment, and... Um, they absolutely could have played better. But, you know, it all comes down to coaching. You, you can't blame the kids ever. That's not how the sport works, right? It's it's all about coaching. So, I'm it's sure – yeah, 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 absolutely. This this week we're uh, this week we're going to talk some coaches' meetings, and I bet those meetings this weekend went a little different. Unfortunately, I, I uh, had some family things that kept me out of meetings for the varsity team. So, um, in the future, I will have some reports on exactly what we're talking about tonight. Um, but this, this weekend I had a little bit of family stuff going on. So – if you look no, to I'm, before we move off this, you look to it like notorious slow starters. You know, NFL Bill Belichick. I mean, they're notorious for coming out extremely slow and playing with things. So those of you who might be listening to this, you're zero and two or you're zero and three or whatever it is, man. It's don't give up. You know, I've seen a lot of times where coaches they don't ever say they gave up, but you can tell. Like you can usually tell, and the kids can usually tell when a coach is going, okay, we're going to start working for next year. You know, don't give up, and whatever's going on with your 3 0-2, 0-3, whatever it is, the start doesn't really matter. When that when it gets cold, that's when the games matter. No, yeah, and and on that point, I know as a, a senior at Long Grove, um, our head coach walked in the building. The I think it was the the first day of real practice, and he basically told us the seniors, you know, um, this year ain't about you; it's about our juniors getting some experience for next year. And like, don't ever do that. Mm-hmm. If you're quitting 
on that senior class before the season has even started. We weren't even in game one yet. Um, just turn in your keys. Please just exit the building. Go away. Like, Lord have mercy. I Okay, it's okay that you have a 500 season, and maybe your ceiling is 500. Maybe your ceiling is two wins, right? Like, we all have ceilings. But to tell an entire class of kids, like, you, what you're doing doesn't matter. We're just really hoping for the next class to get better so we can go on and win some games. That's that's the wrong answer. So That's tough. That's a tough deal as a coach. And a lot of times you can think things. That doesn't mean you just have to say those things. Don't, like, don't, say, don't say the quiet thing out loud, right? Correct. There's times where it's okay to be honest. And there's times where sometimes keep the honesty to yourself. Absolutely. Um, yeah, So it's but it's been a good week. Besides, you know, we, we took the L on Thursday. Uh, it was a Thursday night game with a Friday school day. Please stop with the Thursday night before a Friday school day. Oh, Lord, that hurts. That hurt me as a coach. I'm tired. I'm still tired. I'm still trying to make up for that, that sleep loss. Uh, be done at midnight and drive home. And mm-hmm. I have an exceptionally long drive now. And, and, and so I'm home at, you know, an hour and a half later and then getting up and driving back for a 7.30 show up time or whatever. Lord, woo, it's rough. But – it's it's all things we do for coaching, right? Part of it. So anyway, so we'll we'll jump into tonight. Uh, tonight's all about coaches' meetings, and I, you've talked about your meetings on here several times about how you you're kind of part of that new generation of don't eat up time that doesn't need to be eaten up, right? We don't all have to be there every hour of the weekend. Um, more hours at the office does not equal more victories. Mm-hmm. If your linebackers coach doesn't need to be there for 12 hours on Sunday. Let him stay home, right? We have a staff meeting at some point, but he's, he needs to make sure linebackers are reading key reads and, and getting downhill. And now all of a sudden he's there for six hours watching whatever the rest of you are watching. So um, I, I love the way that you manage time. And I look forward to hearing that on this, this episode, but before we get started, if you don't mind, just go ahead and share some ways we can simplify football for our other coaches and for our players. Sure. Uh, Coaching 101 Podcast, Season 2 now. Still sponsored by Findaway Productions. Findaway Productions has fbcoachsimpson.com. A lot of time savers over there. If you're looking for meetings, there's a whole bunch of how we exactly organize our coaches' meetings over there in the materials section. There's the coaches' manual over there. There's all those different things that will save you time if you'll put the time in on the front end. A lot of guys right now are probably – uh, looking for those little documents that might be able to help them. Oh, we have a halftime sheet. We've got a, all kinds of just those simple things that can save you, or there's 31 books over there and a lot more in-depth material over there. If you're still hunting for an offense or defense, it's over there at fbcoachsimpson.com. It's uh, Coach Finally Productions also sponsors offensivecoordinatoracademy.com and defensivecoordinatoracademy.com all things that are specific to that side of the ball. So if you're looking for a call sheet or a game plan, I just had somebody today download our game plan uh, workshop that we did. I think it was like a one-hour deal where Sean Lyota walks through how to game plan and how to be efficient. So that stuff's over at OffensiveCoordinatorAcademy.com or DefensiveCoordinatorAcademy.com, all the way from the full academy to the books, to the one-off little courses, to the little template and cheats, that every coach kind of needs to get through this season and save them on time. Awesome. Uh, real quickly, I'll talk about Adaptable PT. That's 
the physical therapy clinic my wife and I have opened here in Grove, Oklahoma. It's, you know, we're, we've really been blessed with how well it's taken off and how the community has accepted us. And, you know, Dr. Chamberlain, that's Sam to me and my wife, she, she practices that, you know, PT 2.0, which is a lot of one-on-one care. Historically with PT, you go in and you're one of two or three or four patients that's on that um, provider's list that day for that same hour. They're just coming over and telling you how to do a thing and they got a timer set and that tells them to come back. And that's kind of not what Sam wants to do. She, She wants to be there for you and make sure you're doing the reps right. Make sure you're getting the full recovery right. Um, very fitness forward approach. She's going to take care of you. She's going to make sure that you're working harder there at therapy than you do in your normal day, which is kind of a key part of getting better. Um, if you if you want to make contact with her or me, just jump over to adaptable. Or excuse me, at adaptable PT on Twitter, or you can email it at um, adaptablept at gmail.com. We'll get you scheduled for whenever you want to come in. You know she's. She can take care of you if you've got you know, rehab and injury, pre-surgery, post-surgery. For you know, you athletes, it's concussion type things. You know, she's real good at handling concussions. That's her new specialty. Uh, geriatrics was her old specialty, which she can still take care of. Just whatever you need. Doesn't matter if, if it's you as a coach, you, your wife, your kids, your students, whatever it is, come over to Adaptable and, and let her take care of you. Last but not least, Athletic Speed and Movement over to athleticspeedmovement.com. Let uh, Joe and I tell you all about uh, Dell Basket's 45 years of experience in training speed and movement on the football field. Just, he's, I mean, Dell's been around since the beginning of speed and movement training in the NFL. He was the original speed guy in the NFL, and it's, his stuff didn't get outdated. He kind of knew what he was talking about ahead of time. Other people have changed it and tried to make it different, but realistically, um, if you can run real fast and move fast between guards or blockers or tacklers or whatever it is, uh, it, you need his stuff. You know what I mean? Like what he's selling isn't, isn't going old. It's not going bad. So jump over to athleticspeedmovement.com. It's a 12 week program. You can get started this week. I think we're in probably your third week ish. If you think you're going to be a playoff contender, you're talking about bringing a whole new version of speed to your first, second, third round playoff game. If your ceiling is three, four, five, six games and it's not a playoff contention team, maybe you get there. Maybe you add a win or two because of the absolute speed you're going to bring to the field. So athleticspeedmovement.com, jump over today and sign up. Question one. Tonight we just showed up to talk about coaches' meetings, and I know that, you know, this almost seems too simple to some coaches. So, But you've opened my eyes to, like, it's okay to manage that time in a new way. So I just want to know, what are the most important things to include in those coaches' meetings? Okay. Uh, well, there's a, there's a couple of things before I get all the way to that question. So, like, you and I have just chit-chatted here for a while. Um, you know, this podcast, so that's kind of what we do. Yep. What you don't want to do at a coaches' meeting is that. Because some guys want to go home. So, like, if you want to chit-chat or you want to talk about personal things, I think that maybe hang around after the meeting and hang out with guys if that's what you want to do. But a lot of times in the coaches' meeting, you have that going on because guys are either bored or that's where they want to be. And so just kind of be aware of how much time you're actually spending on task, how much time you probably could have done somewhere else. And then I'll go ahead and get into kind of your answer here, Daniel. But Well, before you, before you go on, it's, it's important to note 
it doesn't matter where you are as a coach, what year you are, what your position is. I'm the defensive coordinator of a freshman team, and there's days that when I'm like, practice done, we did what the head coach needs, I'm out. I've got a very long drive, and I want to go home and see my kids for 30 minutes before they go to bed. If I waste that 30 minutes talking about this thing, I've wasted 30 minutes of family time. Now, with an hour and a half drive each way, that's amplified, but it doesn't matter, man. If you're driving 10 minutes and you're wasting that just having a talk about something we could have covered in a text, in a email, whatever it is, right? We could have discussed that later. We could just, it's just coaches talk, right? We kind of get into that rhythm of like practice is over. Let's sit in BS for a while. That should not be a part of your main meeting. And I've, I've felt a negative feeling about just leaving, but at the same time, like we're, it's done, man. What you don't want to sit around and just talk about nothing forever. Right. And a lot of my coaches I coach with are friends. And so the way I'll preface that is I'll say, Hey guys, we're done with the meeting. You're welcome to hang around and do whatever you gotta do. I'm still here doing whatever. So, but as far as meeting, if you need to go, go. And so that way as a head coach, especially you kind of give the green light to your assistants without them having, them having to ask for it. Cause that's awkward. That's awkward right. to ask. Hey, is it cool if I leave? Because you don't want to be that guy that they look at as lazy or doesn't want to be part of the team, whatever it is. So as a head coach, you need to kind of give them that out. Hey, you know, hey, we, we're done with the meeting. If you need to go, go, but feel free to stick around if you want to. So that's kind of – and that really wasn't on our questions, but I thought get that up front because that Absolutely. Needs to be it's, a, it's a very important part, man. That you we doesn't matter what questions we answer tonight. If guys are sticking around for hours beyond – I mean – if you do 30 minutes a day, that's two and a half hours you've wasted that you could have been with your family that week. And we're talking about a, a sport that already eats up your time. My wife tells me in August, I'll see you in November. Right. right? That It doesn't have to be that way, really. So it's a, it's a very good point to bring up. And there are other things you can do as a, as a head coach. So some of y'all don't have the ability to do this yet, but you, you might one day um, where you can open it up to families. And that can be different too, because sometimes – Wives don't want to come up, or do you really want things? So there's a lot of things on there. So what I've just found is easiest to do is just limit the amount of time. And that's what we're going to spend most of tonight, or I'm going to spend most of tonight talking about is how can we be efficient in these meetings, get what we need to get done, because the reality is you have to win, you have to get the work done. There's no, not really a shortcut. Like I can't tell you don't study your opponent that won't work or don't study your film that doesn't work so there's not a shortcut so a lot of times when you say be efficient with your time that sounds a lot better than being shorter with your time right but you know you're still getting the work done so here's kind of my list of things that i want to make sure we hit in a coach's i'm mainly going to focus on weekends Uh, you could do it in other meetings too and i'm sure it will carry over but I'm mainly going to focus on like we just met, like literally I just left our coaches meeting about an hour ago and now I'm here and we weren't perfect, but here's what we tried to get accomplished. Number one, I say, clean up your mess. You know, a lot of times as a young coach, I was so interested in looking at the opponent that I kind of really quickly ran through us. Like I would run through us and do our stats and run through us and check some things But then I would spend 90% of our time focused on who we were playing, like what was going to happen next. 
And the reality is you should be focusing on improving yourself, especially early, especially your early meetings, focus on improving yourself. So when I say that, I mean these things. How was your game management? We spent probably 10 minutes at our coaches meeting talking about sideline issues or some things we had issues. And I'm not like fighting, but sideline issues like communication on the headsets, going to the TV, halftime management, filming. You know, how do we get all of that stuff done? Work, we work through that. So spend time cleaning that up. Hopefully, after a while, you don't have to, that can be a quick, quick conversation. But the first few meetings, it needs to be there for a bit. And that's the same thing about practice. If you're meeting during the week, then if you're messing, hey, how was this practice good? How was it bad? How was it whatever? Okay. The second thing you'll clean up on is your personnel. You got to talk about your personnel. Like, all right, who's doing well here? That probably needs to be a conversation for multiple coaches. Because if he isn't working for me, he might work for you. So that's probably a conversation that does need to take place with everybody. Okay. Uh, number three, what are some things that we can do to get better at our technique? So if you're talking about a weekend, we spend a whole session talking about what area do you need to get better at? And then we budget it immediately into Monday's practice. Okay. If we are doing a meeting after a practice, we're going to schedule it for tomorrow. So if we had a practice and something stunk, we're going to hit it tomorrow. So that's something everybody kind of needs to know. Second big thing we're doing is we are preparing for our opponents. We are preparing for who we're going to play, and that takes a long time, especially if you're a defensive coordinator or you're on that side of the ball. Uh, we spend a lot of time on offense too, but I do think this does tip more to defense because defenses have to prepare for more stuff coming at them. And so there's more for them to do. So a lot of times for us, this is where a coach can delegate and help things out like delegate out who does what if you've taught them how to do it and you trust them. Don't just give it to them with no description, but hey, coach, we want you to handle our red zone defense, drawing it up so we're ready to run. Coach, right. you're going to handle the blitzes. Coach, you're going to handle breaking down their defensive line personnel. Like the more you can delegate and be specific with what you want, the quicker that process will go. You know, a lot of times what happens is we don't really delegate hardly anything and it falls on one person and everybody else sits around and watches. Okay. And so that needs to be delegated out and allow the guy who's coaching that position to help. But to do that, it takes time on the front end to explain what you want, what you need, what you expect. That can be tough. The third one. So the third thing we're looking for in, in a meeting is we're looking at what are we going to actually do with all this information? So a lot of times the coaches meeting, especially at weekend, you have all this information. And there's some, like we just talked about chit-chatting, and there's some discussion, and there's this. What are you actually going to do with that? How are you going to put that in a practice plan? Like, how does that actually show up? Like, we fumbled the ball four times on Friday. Four times. So how are we actually going to fix that? Well, how did we fumble? What kind of fumble was it? Well, what kind of drill are we going to do that matches that issue? And how are we going to put that on the schedule, not just ball security? Well, no, duh. We fumbled the ball, ball security. Well, three of our fumbles were because we were stumbling and a guy hit us from the side. So we're going to work a drill that specifically works, works that. Okay. 
Then the other thing is administrative stuff, all that junk that has to get done. Like what time are we leaving on Friday? Do we have a JV game on Monday? Well, what does the junior high schedule look like? What is our theme of the week? If we're doing themes of the week, what are we doing for like the game? Like we're doing a food pantry fundraiser Friday. So all of that stuff has got to get taken care of in front of who we're giving player the game to, you know, who's selling all our fundraiser cards. There's all that administrative stuff that you want to cover there too. Generally that's going to fall to the head coach, but a lot of times I will delegate out certain aspects of that. You know, we did our themes, a different coach handles every week. And so those are the main three things, clean up your mess, prepare for your opponent, make sure you have an actionable plan when you walk out the door that you know you can actually do. So that's what I would say are the three most important things to come out of a coach's meeting. So I don't want to talk about, um, you know, we, we go through, weirdly enough, I was, I was, I was thinking about this earlier. We, we went to the deer farm today and we're working on food plots. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago. Um, Mother Nature and football have ruined my plans for my deer plots. We'll see if they actually happen this year or not. But uh, we went over today. We did some work. And I was just thinking about uh, coaches and, like, man, what what we do and what we're told to do and what we're expected to do and what we don't know what to do and, and you know, coaches are new, et cetera. But meetings are no different, right? You have to practice – you got to practice what you're going to do. We we only get, so as a coach, you get some of August, September, October, November, and some people get December to practice live coaching. Like there's not, you can't in April or May go, hey, I want to practice my live coaching. I want to put on a headset and I want to practice how to call defense against a random offense. You can't do that. There's no way you, it doesn't exist, right? Maybe with VR, we kind of get there. We get to some weird AI version of like, show me a spread offense on the field, driving down the field and I got to stop them. But until that happens, the only time you can truly practice your craft is from scrimmage two, because in one you're on the field installing still. So from scrimmage two to week 10 and then wherever wherever your team takes you past that. So you're guaranteed like 11 weeks a year that you get 11 days a year, not even weeks, days that you get to practice being a coach in the booth on the sidelines, whatever it is, right. In the headset in a completely unknown versus a quality opponent situation. Excuse my yawn boys. I am, it has been a long week. I am trying so hard to adjust to this, this new, uh, three games a week of lifestyle, but we're going to make it. Um, and so I think this is, we're talking about coaches meetings tonight and, and really in everything you do with coaching, efficiency is, is the standard because you don't get a lot of time to do this stuff and you need to practice it also. You've got to practice having coaching meetings. We don't know what a coach's meeting holds until you've got some practice. And, and Kenny, for you, you know, you've got, how many years you've been at this a head coach? 10, 15? Oh uh, man, I think 20, close to 20. 20-ish years of head coaching, right? So you've well, figured out about 15. Yeah. Okay, so 15 head coach. You figured out what a coach's meeting should include. You know how to tell people what the responsibilities are, whatever it is. But 
I'm a young coach. I'm only in my fourth year, and I I don't have true um, experience in in what that should look like. And so I can't practice it. So I need to during my scrimmages. We need to come in off of a Thursday night scrimmage on Saturday morning and waste four to six hours. And I know it's so hard to give up those extra hours when it's not a game week. But think about how much time you can shave off your game weekends if you just spend that little bit of time now. Practice what you're supposed to be doing, right? And that is expectations. Expectations of what each coach should do. There's nothing worse than being the new guy on staff and you don't know where you fit in. You don't know what you need to be doing. You feel like you're doing nothing, right? But there is an expectation that you did something by the end of the, the weekend. You, you should have done something. You're not sure what it is. So those expectations, outlining those. Scrimmages are a great way to do those. Um, responsibilities is kind of the same same topic there. What are you expected to do? You're expected to do your responsibilities. But is that is it just coming in and doing laundry? Is it making sure the balls are prepped for next weekend? Is it locating the tees, make sure we didn't lose a kicking tee at the visiting field this weekend? Whatever it is, you you have a job, you have responsibilities. And then what you discussed, time management, right? How can we practice getting in? Guys, you got two hours. Okay, we, um, we talk about a 90-minute practice plan from time to time. And like, if you don't get that rep in, you'll lose it. 90 minutes, we blow the whistle and we go home. It's kind of the same thing here. Can you put a time hack? on your coach's meeting and go, look, we're going to meet for three hours. If you're inefficient, if we don't get to talk to you about your thing, you're going to be doing a lot of texting later or something. I don't, what is it, right? How do you draw that line in the sand and go, we're going to manage time. We still got to win games, but we can't sit up here and talk about what's going on in, in, in NCAA football on Saturday or NFL football on Sunday. We can't waste that time. I want to talk to you about football. But I can talk to you on the phone. I can FaceTime you nowadays. We can have a group text and we can talk about, you know, the greatest ever did Adrian Peterson or, you know, whatever. And, and his uh, pursuit of the most yards in a game ever by a running back. Whatever it is, we can do that later. But when we show up and we're stealing time from four to, you know, whatever your staff is, 16 coaches or whatever, when we're taking away from all those families, do we really have to waste it on those little topics? No, we got to manage that time. We got to get back, quit wasting people's time, and manage. You know, talk about the game, talk about what we need to. So, I think that ties in great to what you said. Troubleshooting what you got to fix—that's a—that's a priority, no matter what. Before you even break down next week's opponent, I think you have to self scout, which happened to be the closure to season one. We discussed a little bit of self scouting and and figuring out because you can't take an imperfect offense or defense into the next match and be like, well. This is what they do different. Let's break them down and figure out what they're going to do. We don't know what we're doing, right? Your system's already broken. So troubleshoot what you're doing. Stats and player of the week. You mentioned player of the week. I think stats is some coaches stay up on Friday nights and they stay up till 2 or 3 a.m. And that's what they're going to do. They're going to break down stats. They're going to get ready for the newspaper. The newspaper can wait, in my opinion. I don't I don't know where you're at on that, Coach Simpson. Um, look, if the, I don't know when their their paper comes out, but. If they want to, be, uh, I'd be very careful to upset the local media. If they want to, you're a new coach. There you go. If they want to send out a statistician and bring up like what you did, that's fine. But now we have what we have: max preps. There's a lot of things. Huddle. Um, there's a lot of places we put our stats in. I want to make sure they're perfect. And yeah, I go home Friday night and I usually watch film and do that. But Saturday morning is where I'm going to tell a new coach 
with a six month old baby with a wife that doesn't understand football season yet. And he's the stats guy, like fine Saturday morning, get that done. Right. And then uh, my last thing for really like, what are the important things? And that is practice shells. I'm a big believer in practice shells. Um, it doesn't matter what days you practice right now. We practice Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, because we have games Monday and Tuesday for my freshman team and we don't touch the weekend. So I get three days of practice. They look the exact same every single day. Not Wednesday looks like Thursday, but every Wednesday is a repeat. So the kids kind of know what they're going to look at. So the, the weekend is a great time for if you're a varsity coach, you're listening, you get Monday through Thursday. It's kind of the same thing. Your Monday should all look the same. Your Tuesday should all look the same. So now what are, what wrinkle are we adding? If on Monday we have a walkthrough and special teams, great. Do they do anything on special teams that needs to be changed or that will change what we do? Um, Wednesday is a defensive day. Awesome. I'm going to change that that indie period into like what special thing do we need to install this week so your indie can, you know, practice that thing. Group should look the same way. And then, of course, in team, you kind of do whatever you want to do. But I'm, I'm big on practice shells. So that brings us to uh, question two, and is why do we cover these things specifically? I hope we didn't go into too much detail now that I look at question two. <laughs> oh, um, well, I just answered kind of just general things of like how to how to try to keep things efficient. That's going to be my theme, I guess, of tonight, apparently, is be efficient. Um, so number one, I think you've got to set an agenda. You mentioned like a schedule, I think every time you have a meeting, you ought to have an agenda and everyone ought to kind of know this is on the agenda. This is how we're going to do things. And I think you can think outside the box on that. Like uh, that doesn't mean we all come up here from X time to Y time. You know, for me, the head coach, I'm up there from, I think I got there at 1230 today and I left it right at uh, about 630. And so that was my time up there. Some of our coaches that wanted to work on their own on Saturday probably knocked some of their work out. I met with the defensive coordinator at one o'clock and I wanted a general overview of what he was going to do. And then he had things he had to get done before we left, like him and his staff. I wanted to have all our scripts done, our practice schedule done, all that stuff done. They could have come up on Saturday and done that if they wanted to. That's between him and them. But he and I are going to meet Saturday, Sunday at one. And we're going to go through, I want to have a general idea of what we're going to do. Mainly talk about the last game and this game. Right. If we have injuries, I usually will talk to the trainer sometime there. Um, special teams coordinator's next. I bring him in at 2 o'clock. So by 2 o'clock, he knows we're going to meet my office, him and me, and we're going to have a plan of what we're going to do with special teams. 3 o'clock, offensive guys are going to come in there, and I expect them to have all the stuff broken down I've asked them to have. And so I call the plays, so obviously that's a little different. But if I didn't call the plays, I would ask the OC to come in here and give me the game plan then. So you now have a 1 o'clock, a 2 o'clock, a 3 o'clock as a head coach. Most of the time our coaches choose to do the work during that time period. So they're up there, but they don't have to be. If they got to go run an errand, go run an errand. You know, But by 5 o'clock when we meet as a staff, I expect all these things to be done. And then we meet from five to we get on a six thirty tonight. It was a little bit longer one, and we had twelve things on our agenda. We're going to go through all the different things we listed, kind of above. Daniel talked about them, and I talked about them. But they were done. Knock them out, knock them out, knock them out as we go. 
and move on to the next thing. Okay. Number two for me, I kind of mentioned it was meet with as small a group as possible. There's no reason for guys to be up there that aren't doing work. So usually what will end up happening is our defensive coordinator has delegated out jobs he wants done. I've delegated out jobs I want done. Our special teams coach the same thing. So when we're up there working, we're in smaller groups getting done what we need to get done. And we only meet as a full staff right there at the end. And that way we can knock out things that everyone needs to hear. And so we have that meeting at the end. It's not going to be an in-depth conversation of a three-I versus a or a three versus a four-I versus a five. The receiver coach doesn't care about that. But it is going to be about personnel. It is going to be about general things on the team. Uh, it is going to be about administrative duties. It's going to be about practice schedule stuff that everyone needs to know, you know. Uh, then we're going to address the details. So we're going to talk about specific things we want to do to make it actionable. I've hit that two or three times. And I hope you're, you're listening. I hope you're catching that. Having a meeting and throwing out ideas is great, but it's pointless if you don't have a plan of how you're going to actually address it. So we leave that meeting. We should have all our practice schedules done. Our scripts are done. Our, all the administrative stuff we need to do is done. We've talked through issues on the sideline. So now that's taken care of. And now we feel like, okay, this has been taken care of. Here's how we're going to move forward. Here's what's next. And then we're done. And that, that thing that, that kind of speeds up the meeting and it makes you feel like it was worth something. A lot of times you'll sit in a meeting, you'll leave the meeting, and you'll kind of go, I have no idea what we're doing next. Like all I heard was somebody whining and moaning about what wasn't working well. And that happens a lot, you know, at coaches meetings or any meetings in general. If there's not really a specific point to what you're doing and an exit strategy, it turns into griping and complaining about life situations. And we don't want that. Yeah. Um, you're you're hundred percent spot on when you talk about like it can just go south. It can just become especially on the defensive side, I feel like, right? Offense, you usually got it figured out. Look, we have a system, we do a thing, we whatever they're doing, we have one or two answers to their defense. But on defense, it's like we gotta talk about alignment and assignment, and we gotta talk about key reads. Like, Lord have mercy, we we can open it up so quickly to what are we gonna do here? Like, I'm still struggling with it as a freshman coach. Like, we're still trying to install stuff. Game one is until next week, of course. But we're still watching scrimmage film and going, what exactly do we need to do to be successful here, right? So it does turn into a lot of, we're, we're kind of a team element. All five coaches are offense and defense. But, like, how are we going to solve these problems? We have a lot of ideas just flying around. And that could be, you know, a couple key personnel show up and talk about it and go, here's our plan and we pitch it to the rest. And that's in any coaching staff, not mine is, you know, we're going to do great things where we're at. And and you probably are too as a coach, but you just got to understand that like, if everyone has a voice, my you can very quickly have to listen to every voice. So sometimes you need a few key people to go, here's what we're going to do. Here's our backup plan. I'm, a, I'm big on three ways to do everything. So, you know, Here's how we're going to stop their passing attack. If that don't work, here's our plan B and here's our plan C, whatever it is. But um, you get too many people in the room. And and, and I so that's that's why I appreciate the way you do things, Coach. It's just like me and the special teams coordinator are going to come in and have a talk. We're going to discuss how we handle Because if you let the special teams coordinator, the DC, the OC, the O-line coach, the 
man, you can get five or six or ten voices all of a sudden. Now you don't know how you're going to handle special teams thing. So, and it's I think it. I mean, like you mentioned, it's it's good to hear opinions, but ultimately I delegate out who's in charge of that, and so that's where it goes. Like when we meet. DC is, you know, he's welcome. If you want your opinion, I'm sure he'll ask you for it. But ultimately, it's he's responsible, um, which he knows that meeting sometimes may not go as nice as it could go. We have a real good one now, but I've had him in the past where the meeting is not a great meeting. But I tell the kids all the time, you know, with, you know, great, uh, what's the, I can't figure it out now. With great but, power uh, comes great responsibility. Great power comes great responsibility. If you want to have, big boy pants and get to call the defense or special teams or off whatever, you know, you're going to hear it when it doesn't go how it should go. Yep. Um, so, you know, when we specific, specifically are covering, you know, why we cover those things in a meeting, it's just, it goes back to time management. You certain things you cover in a meeting, certain things you just make decisions on your own to say, this is how I plan to do this thing. Um, and life goes on. So, um, so the last question here, coach, is how can we improve on what we've done historically? So we're set in a way, and you know, this this question's evolved since I wrote it earlier because which earlier was less than 15, 20 minutes ago, maybe. Uh we've been on for 47, so maybe it was 20 minutes ago. But what we've done historically sometimes can be very bad or it can just be different, right? So how can we improve on what we've done in the past? Well, I want to kind of balance a good line here because I think there's two trains of thought on this. There are older coaches um, that I think issues, and I'll say we because I probably fall into that category, we can run into are the way things had to be done before technology really kind of revolutionized everything we've done in our life um, was different. You know, manila folders and trading videotapes or DVDs. <laughs> Driving hours to trade VHS tape. Correct. And so there's a, there's a, there's an art to that. And I, and I still, when I was a defensive coordinator and if I was a defensive coordinator today, I would still draw everything by hand. I think there's a, there's a power to that. And so older coaches, I know will always look back at here's how we've done things. Here's how I've been successful. And sometimes we equate success with that. Well, the reality is, you know, there you could probably speed up that process a little bit to still be successful. You can still become more efficient with what you're doing. On the other side of the coin, now I'll just be honest, there's lazy coaches out there. I mean, there's guys that haven't learned how to work hard yet. And lazy is maybe a harsh word for them. Um, I don't know if entitled is a better word. I mean, I don't know what the better word is here, but there's some coaches coming up now that kind of think because of they're a coach that it should just be easy. And that's not, it's not true either. Like there's a lot of time that you have to put into your craft. If you want to be good, there's not a shortcut. So there's kind of a, a balancing act that needs to happen here where it's not just all one way or the other way. It's, it's always in the middle. Can we meet in the middle and figure out the best way for, for us? So here's a couple tips on those lines. Number one what can I do online at home efficiently? And that can change from year to year, staff to staff, person to person. Do you have coaches you trust? Because let's be honest, if I'm a head coach and I don't trust you, we're going to meet on Saturday so I can watch you do your work because I don't trust you. 
That's not a good situation to be in, but that could be reality. Maybe you've walked into that situation and they don't do their stuff if you don't show them how to do it. That's not a great place to be and you don't want to be there, but that's reality. Okay. Or do you have a staff that you've trained up and you feel good and you do trust that you can say work from home Saturday, you know, get this stuff done or get this stuff done by Sunday afternoon. So now they can choose when they want to get it done, which is what everybody wants, as long as it's done. So what stuff can I give to people to do online? Second thing, mentioned this earlier, meet with those that need to be in the meeting. You know, only bring in guys that need to be a part of whatever meeting you're having. You may have, let's give an example. Maybe you have a, a, a linebacker coach. I think you used that earlier, coach. A linebacker coach who you asked him to do X, Y, and Z over the weekend. He did it on Saturday while he was watching college football. It's done. You know it's done. You're good. He may show up to our staff meeting at five when we're meeting as a staff because everything he was supposed to do was done. He's communicated it. Maybe he wants to do whatever on Sunday. And so at five o'clock, bam, he's in there. My other guy might want to get up. I got a, some hunters. They'll get up like Sunday, like 4 a.m. and come knock it out before church, like 4 to 8 a.m. Okay, that, that's fine. As long as you have got what you needed to get done, that's fine. Then I just need you to meet with me at X time. And we can move that. Like I'm, I'm flexible. All right, when is best for you to meet? I'm up here from X time to Y time. It doesn't have to just be we meet at two o'clock on Sunday. Maybe this Sunday we meet at four o'clock because that's better for your schedule and my schedule. And so work with people on that. It doesn't have to be just some rigid schedule, although it does need to be consistent. Okay. Then the third one is I'm, I'm a big fan of not bringing kids in over the weekend. Like, I think that's, I don't really know why we started doing that. Like, I think that we brought them in on Saturdays and would stretch them and watch our film. And then you bring them in again on Sunday and do different things to them. And this is, I'm sure it's everybody's opinion, but in my opinion, I think sleep is the number one thing those kids need, especially the day after a game. So allowing them to stay home and sleep and to not get burnt out, I think is worth it. Um, I'm not telling you you're a horrible coach if you bring your kids in on Saturdays. I'm just saying that's not something that we like to do. I like to give kids opportunity to get healthy. So now if they've got to come in and take an ice bath or come in and meet with a trainer, that's different. But I'm talking about your normal kids. If you can allow them to be off for a weekend, I think you'll be amazed at how much fresher and more excited they're going to be come Monday. Yeah, you know, Coach, you're – what you're explaining may be the way of the future. And I, as if I were head coach today, you're doing exactly what I would do. I have, um, you know, I've, I've joined DeWasso as an underling as a, a freshman coach. And, and eventually I will hope to be promoted to the varsity staff and hopefully life carries over there. So I can quit driving an hour and a half one way every day because Lord it's, it's tiring, but um, Bill Blankenship is the head coach there, and Bill Blankenship is a legend in this area. He has done it all. He's got, you know, he's got six rings. He's coached at the collegiate level, high school level, 
Um, it it kind of doesn't matter where he goes, he finds success. And so you can never take what Bill Blankenship is doing and say that's the wrong way to do things because um, you just you you don't say that to the guy that's winning state championships. Actually, you know what I mean. You don't you don't call any. We don't call Kenny Simpson and tell him you're doing things wrong because Coach Simpson's got got some rings to back it up, right? He showed him a few episodes ago, and um, and he does things different than this, right? What you're explaining is exactly what I want as as a young coach, especially. Look, I have season tickets to OU football. I want to go watch the Sooners every Saturday and not feel like I'm letting anyone down or I'm taking time away from my high school football program, whatever. Okay, I want to go watch the Sooners Rec Shop in Norman on Saturday. And then on Sunday, I really want to get focused on high school football while on a TV over here in the corner, NFL's playing. That's not that's not how coaches do some things, right? We currently, I believe, and I'm still working out the schedule to get it all right, but I'm pretty sure we're eight to like noon, eight to two-ish on Saturdays, is coaches meeting. And that's watching film from Friday night. And then Sunday from somewhere around 12 or 2 p.m. to 6 or 8 p.m., whatever that timeline is, I don't know exactly. That's when we bring the kids in. We have our meetings for the week. Um, You know, we're watching film of last week. We're watching film of next week. We're talking about the game plan. Right, so there's things you can do there on Saturdays and Sundays. And 100%, it's stealing a day. Because especially in today's, just like what you just said, a lot of coaches are like, we don't need kids on the weekend. Well, that's fine, but what are you doing on Monday? On Monday, you got to watch last week's film and show us the errors. We got to watch next week's film. We got to see what we're up against. And now we still have to fit in a practice. So there is a point where you are, are you, when do you start stealing time back from your opponent? You know, we, we talk all the time about run swinging gate and literally never run a swinging gate play ever, but you line up in it so they have to do it, right? Run a three front two or three times a game um, just so that your the, the future offense has to run something against that. Take their time away. Run a, a two or three punts. Kick an onside kick. We do all these things to steal time away from our opponents so they can't practice as efficiently. So why wouldn't you just come in on the weekends and take that time back from them as well? Um and I'm not even saying I buy into that fully. Like I said, I started this. I would do exactly what you're doing. We are online. We're internet-based human beings at this point. Football is online. Like, I don't know that I would even have weekend meetings if I had my own staff. Like, just do your stuff online. Find out their tendencies. We'll meet on a Zoom, just like we're having this podcast. If we can do a podcast for an hour every week, why can't we have a, a coach's meeting on Zoom for two or three hours every week? Yeah, your kid's going to bust in and cry and want milk and do... Who cares? We we didn't have to drive to the office. But beyond that, there, there's nothing wrong with doing things the old school way. There is a reason, and it is success. Success is the reason, right? You've had success, do it your way. Don't feel peer pressure to jump into this new online thing. Huddles change the game. You should be able to have all of your stats done, have all of your input on film done by, you know, 10 a.m. on Saturday. If you're meeting beyond that, why? Put a put a reason to it. And if you have a why, just like kids need your why, coaches need your why. Why are you doing it? Do it that way. Fine, let's do it. If you need to bring the kids on Sunday to stretch, 
to lift. You know, a lot of people say you get that soreness out from Friday's. That's pretty extreme action you just went through on Friday night, right? So what's the answer to lactic acid? The old school way is come in and work it out. Drink a, bang a little water and uh, and stretch and work out. Now we push that lactic acid out so it doesn't hurt us on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and slow down those days. If that's the way you do things, fine, do it. Another thing is kids that need rehab. We were at a scrimmage. We had a freshman stud, stud linebacker, hyperextend the knee. His answer was come in tomorrow morning at 7 o'clock and go to the trainer's. Okay, go go get some rehab done. And luckily, I'm lucky enough. My wife is a physical therapist, so I can. I usually Facetime every kid that has an issue, and and they talk to my wife, and she tells them, "Here's your today's schedule, tomorrow's schedule, the next day, and we'll get past this." Or, hey, that's really bad. Go see a doctor. But um, maybe you do need to make sure that they see a trainer or uh, get some rehab. But there are things that we do historically, and they're for a reason. If you're improving on it, I guess just make sure that you have your why. You can justify that change. I personally would meet Sunday evening probably, and that's it. The guy I work for says we're going to meet Saturday morning and Sunday evening or Sunday afternoon. I'm still absolutely okay with that because I can't argue with his championship rings whatsoever until I win one and say, okay, maybe my way's better. And if you're doing it, you know, you're winning championships in a different way, then I, honestly, tag us up on Twitter at uh, coaching101pod and, uh, and let us know what you're doing different because. We want to know. We want to know what's successful, and so do other coaches. All right, so that's a very long uh, reason why we do things and how we can improve. So what we're going today's what not to do as a coach, and it is a little bit different today, um, but I guess not too much, really. I mean, we we just – why? how would we do things here differently, Coach, that – what what are the things we would not do as a coach for our, our weekend meetings or our coaches' meetings? Uh, I put down today's lesson on what not to do with a coach is to have a meeting that an email could have taken the place of. And so that to me is pretty much what's wrong with education in general, but it kind of bleeds into everything else, every business, everything. So it's not just coaching. So whatever you're in, hopefully this is good advice, but people don't like to have meetings. Like the only one that likes to have meetings apparently is the one in charge of the meeting. Everyone else doesn't really want to be there if they don't have to be there. If there's not a point, Daniel said, if there's not a purpose for the meeting. And to me, here's some kind of general requirements. Is everyone's input needed? Is everyone's attention needed? Is it something that everyone has to discuss? Then you probably need a meeting. If you can't say yes to those, it probably could be an email or a text or a whatever. And so that to me would be do these jobs. There's no need to discuss that. They know what the job is. Send the email. Make sure I have this done by Monday. That could be an email. It doesn't have to be a meeting. You know, and so to me, that's today's lesson in coaching or really just leadership in general. If you can send an email instead of hold a meeting, always send the email. I'm, I'm gonna. This is a funny point about the military, and uh, and I often say I walk into meetings exactly what you said. 
this definitely could have been an email. 100%. Like, why am I here? You called 60 people in to say one sentence. Why are we here? But at the same time, who has the audacity to send me an email? Like, why are you emailing me this ridiculous stuff that I don't even need to know? So even further point, make sure you're meeting your, that everyone's, you, you, you brought it up. They all need to be, you know, their attention is needed. But if you're going to send an email, make sure that attention's needed as well. You kind of just told like three people. We've got to that world where we're like, you know, Hey, Bob is really not doing this job. Well, Let's email 400 people because Bob sucks at his job, yep. right? And, and then not vaguely not tell who it is. Right. And then above that is, hey, let's have a meeting and tell 800 people. Yep. 400 people could have got this email that one guy sucks at his job. Like, like I've, I've sat in a coach, or not coach, but like a teacher PD where it's been, hey, we need to watch our kids with cell phones. Why don't you just come to my room and tell me, hey, Coach Simpson, tell those kids to put their cell phones up. Like that I'm would having be a whole you have a whole system where you could just be like, kids, put your f- cell phones away. Like you could say it over the, the thing, right. right? The loudspeaker or make it a rule, make it a school rule that no, they don't bring cell phones to school. This is, yes. Yeah. It's just one so, of the to me. Just don't make, don't, don't have a meeting when an email could do and do not have the audacity to send me an email if it's not <laughs> talking to me. <laughs> yes. Oh man. All right, so we'll close out of that, Coach. Let's let's get back into let, – let's talk about simplifying football for stabs and, and players. And, you know, at this point, head coaches as well. So how would you sure. simplify all those things? Sure, Coaching 101 Podcast sponsored by Findaway Productions. Again, Findaway Productions is the host of fbcoachsimpson.com. So if you want to find materials that can help you specifically in this world, I have a head coach planner, a head coach workbook. There's multiple templates over at fbcoachsimpson.com, as well as a lot of other things over there, too. Also, offensivecoordinatoracademy.com and defensivecoordinatoracademy.com both have offensive coordinator planner and defensive coordinator planner, as well as workbooks. And the entire goal of all of those is to help you simplify what you're trying to do, to make this go quicker, to help you delegate to your assistant coaches. So if you really want to speed up your time, you can jump over to any of those three websites, fbcoachsimpson.com, offensivecoordinatoracademy.com, or defensivecoordinatoracademy.com. And there's a bunch of materials in there. I hope that will help you with these meetings, with this delegation, with this uh, administration type stuff that nobody told you about when you took coaches' classes. But that's what makes you more efficient at your job. Awesome, man. Um, once again, we'll just throw out adaptable PT, just uh, adaptable physical therapy. It's Dr. Chamberlain will take care of you. Whatever you need, show up. Um, she's all about rehab and, and stopping injuries and concussions. Like I said, I know it's football season, right? We're all dealing with those. Unfortunately, those happen. We, we lost a freshman kid this week, right? To a, a non real contact, uh, practice day, coach, my helmet doesn't feel right. And then the next day is diagnosed with a concussion. So they can happen at any time. Um, hopefully it's not just a kid that's trying to get out of football. You never really know. But if you have anything in question about that, head over to uh, Twitter at AdaptablePT or email AdaptablePT at gmail.com and Dr. Tram will take care of you. And then uh, AthleticSpeedMovement.com. Come over for all of your needs to improve your speed and agility on the football field. We'll take care of you there as well. 
Um, 12 week program, get started anytime. After one week, you'll see improvement. After two weeks, you will see improvement. I think it's week three when this comes out, approximately of most people's high school football weeks. Um, you want to be your best at the, when playoffs come around, there's no better way to be your best than be faster, be quicker um, with, with literally every position. It's not just about your star running back. It's about your third string running back who may have to replace someone because of an injury. It's about your pulling guard who can't quite get there, and now we teach them what form to run with, and now they can blow people up because force is, you know, speed and and mass, and all of a sudden he's bringing a lot more speed with his mass, and he gets to blow somebody up and, and make a cool highlight reel. So athleticspeedmovement.com, jump over there and sign up today. Uh, social media, Coach, where can we find you on the socials? Oh, you're you're muted. I coach. got it. Yeah, I was hey. the dog was barking. Sorry. Uh, F, everything FB Coach Simpson. So FB Coach Simpson uh, is my Twitter handle. FB Coach Simpson at gmail.com is my email. Of course, if you're over on the Facebook world, you can go to any of those coaching groups. Uh, Offensive Coordinator Academy, Defense Coordinator Academy, Shotgun Wing T, any of those you can find me uh, on Facebook. Awesome. And hopefully you're watching live. If not, Shame on you. Jump on Facebook on Sunday nights around probably 8 o'clock on the end season. That's that's kind of when we expect to do these. Uh, so every evening at 8 o'clock Central Time. You guys on the West Coast, I don't know what to tell you. Uh, move East? I don't know. That's Your timeline is kind of terrible. But um, I am at Coach Chamber OK on Twitter. You can, you can email me at ChamberlainFootballConsulting at gmail.com. The best way to get a hold of me is to DM, DM me on Twitter, email me, and I'll be able to answer all your questions. The podcast is at Coaching101Pod. We'd love for you to come over and, and just uh, follow us there. We followed back like 90% of the people. If we haven't followed you back. It's because there's limits, okay? There's, we can only follow so many people at a time, and daily we're getting blown up. So I want to thank you for being a listener to the Coaching 101 podcast. We hope you'll join us next week as we continue to make the complex more simple. Please consider subscribing to the show so you'll always know when the new episodes are out. We'll leave you with this. It's hard to beat someone who never gives up. No matter the situation, find a way.